0: Thank you. Indeed, uh, as I was just recalling, my very first time uh, speaking at East center was actually six years ago. So then uh, it was announced that I was preparing to go to the mission field uh, to be sent as a missionary to Vietnam. And of course, you're thinking, are you still in the mission field? Well, yes and no, covenant answer. Yes, I'm still in missions office. Uh, No, not overseas, and as uh, Pastor Jeremy has earlier on mentioned, I'm with the local missions, which is what we call home missions here in Singapore, where we reach out to the sojourners in Singapore. You know, very often in our missions office, we receive updates and prayer requests from our overseas mission partners. And whenever I receive such from countries like India, Nepal, and Sri Lanka, I'm always very encouraged by what they share, because these are countries that are still experiencing persecutions, yet their prayer requests or their updates would never deviate from the fact that God is faithful. It will never deviate from that in spite of all the challenges that they go through, that they may even have to, you know, live lives against the flow, they are always courageous for our Lord Jesus Christ, that they will always persevere in fulfilling the purpose of God as a church. There's so much so, even if it means to live life against the flow, they press on to follow Christ and to make Him known. In our discipleship journey, we live our lives against the flow. But it will also mean that there will be challenges where we have to make difficult choices and decisions. To live our lives against the flow, we have two theological anchors. Against the flow, Daniel chapter 1, verse 8 to 16 is what we are focusing on. But before we dive into it, we recall that even for the people that were in exile, they remembered that even behind the curtain, as we were reminded last week, that God is perfectly in control. He is profoundly in charge and proactively in action. And we're going to see today, how is God leaving this out, even behind the curtain? So in our discipleship journey, we are to leave our lives against the flow. Two theological anchors that we are to have. First, we are decisively faithful to God. And we see that in verse 8. Second, God is definitely faithful to us. We'll see that in verses 9 to 16. Before we continue, let's bring this time to God in prayer. Let us pray. Is it God, Heavenly Father, we ask that even right now, would you open our eyes that we may see, open our ears that we may hear. Father, keep our hearts tender so that as you speak to us, Lord, we will be obedient to respond as you call us so. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So in our discipleship journey, we must live our lives against the flow. And that would mean facing challenges where we have to make difficult choices or decisions. And to help us to live our life against the flow, two theological anchors. First, we are decisively faithful to God. And we will see that in verse 8. So, allow me to read for us Daniel chapter 1, verse 8 from the ESV. But Daniel resolved that he will not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. You see, up to this point in Daniel chapter 1, there seemed to be this apparent willingness by Daniel and his friends to receive and accept the children's uh, culture and language and even receiving their Babylonian names. But here in verse 8, there was a turn, unexpected turn of events. Daniel actually rejected the king's food and wine. I don't know about you, but for me, those few times where I will reject good food is when my weighing skills tell me you better stop. Especially after Chinese New Year, right? But you see, over here, the question is then, what reason did Daniel give to reject the king's food and wine? So Bible scholars have a long time deliberated what could the reason be? Could it be dietary in that, you know, there are some meat which are considered unclean for the people of Israel to eat? But then how would that explain about Daniel rejecting the wine? What about religious reason? Because it could be that, you know, these food were offered to the idols before serving the king. But then what makes Daniel so sure that when he requested for vegetables, which we'll read in chapter 1, verse 12, that these vegetables weren't offered to the idols first? Or how about symbolic reason? That if you partake the food, you are pledging loyalty to the king. Now, there isn't enough information available for the Bible scholars to come to a conclusion. And so that's why I appreciate what Rev. Dr. Gordon Wong gave the perspective in his book, Faithful to the End. And I quote, However, we can still appreciate the chapter for the wise and courageous example of faithfulness that he promotes. Neither the rest of the book nor the climax of this chapter mentions Daniel's food issue again. We should therefore shift our attention away from the question of food to the example of faithfulness. In short, it's not about food. It's about faithfulness. From verse 8, we can see that Daniel was decisively faithful to God. Daniel resolved, as what we prayed this morning in our pre-service prayer, He resolved, it literally means that he has placed in his heart. Or NLT translated as he was determined. NASB, he has made up his mind. To do what? To not take the king's food and wine. And such resolution was born out of a deep-seated personal conviction that Daniel had. He would not want himself to be defiled. And we see that repeated two times in verse 8. This defilement will refer to the defilement by Babylon. Now at this point, Daniel knew that it's going to be great danger if he and his friends got sucked into and be neutralized by the Babylonian world. And so they will seize the possibly last area to make that decision to keep and preserve their distinctive identity as the people of God. I'm going to say no to the king's food. But you see, Daniel knew the implication that saying no to the king is a no-play-play matter. He might die, we don't know. But he still resolved to do so. Because for Daniel, and if I may quote Pastor David on the 14th February DJ, that it seems it was a line that he must not cross, no matter what, whatever that line might be. The moment they say no, it's a no turning back. But Daniel, he resolved, he decisively decided he wanted to be faithful to God, no matter what it takes. Do we have a Babylon in our life? I believe it's the world that you and I are living in. Because its worldviews and values will just come fast and furious towards us. Worldviews and values of the world can defile us, but we can make a choice. We can make a choice to live faithfully to God. And that will mean to live counter-culturally because that will bring about distinctiveness that we are in the world but not of the world. There is a covenantal whom we know. One day his boss came to him just on the last day of the quarter ending. And the boss said that he is supposed to cease a deal, close a deal, But this covenanter told him, you know, boss, it's it's not possible because even if the deal is firm, I wouldn't have to purchase order. And so the boss said to him, wow, this is a very sizable deal. You got to close it and do the right thing. See, to the boss, to do the right thing is to download that order without the PO. But you'll be non-compliant. So this covenanter took the issue back to God and started to pray and he made a decision, the conviction for him to do the right thing and that is not to download the order even though his boss was giving him the pressure because this covenanter made that decisive choice to live faithfully to God. It was a line that he must not cross no matter what whatever that line might be. Abigail, she's 19, and she's a student waiting to go to uni, and uh, she gave me permission to share her journey to want to join this year's IDMCI uni cohort. Allow me to share part of her telegram message to Guo Yi, who is the program lead. He said, hi, Guo Yi. After you talked about IDMCI uni yesterday, I went home and thought through joining the program. I realized that learning about God and growing in my faith, it's more important than any internship I can get. And so I've decided to join the program. I've written to my internship coordinator this morning to request for a shorter internship that will allow me to end by 13 March so that she could join the cohort in time. Now, a few days later, she sent another message to Kwai. Actually, I'll be withdrawing from my internship. The coordinator said it's not possible to cut down the internship to one month. But no worries. I make my decision knowing this potential outcome. So I'm alright with following through it. Just a little bit of background is that Abigail is hoping to study medicine or biomed engineering. So such internships and for this particular one with a private clinic, it's very important for her because it will add on to her portfolio. Yet, she was ready to forego this opportunity because she sees that her discipleship growth is more important. Abigail chose the path that is atypical. She chose to put God first and to go against the flow. What is common in these two stories that I've shared? The choices that they make. The choices that they make that resulted in distinctiveness, Showing what it means to be in the world, but not of the world. In that difficult situation, the challenging moment, they counted the cost. They made the choice and chose to live faithfully to God. And again, to quote Reverend Dr. Gordon Wong, Faithful Christian living in a secular environment should be distinctive. Christian faithfulness is to be demonstrated in our day-to-day life, in our secular jobs and daily tasks. God wants and is able to make us distinctive in the way we conduct ourselves every day. God wants and God is able to make us distinctive. But it first calls for us to be decisively faithful to Him. And this is the case for Daniel. He's able to be decisively faithful to God because he has anchored his faithfulness upon the God who he himself is faithful. And that brings me to my second point, that in our discipleship journey, we must live our lives against the flow. That would mean we may face challenge where we have to make difficult decisions and choices. For us to live life against the flow, two theological anchors. First, we are decisively faithful to God. And second, God is definitely faithful to us. Allow me to quote another commentator, Ian Dugal. The focus throughout this chapter is not simply the faithfulness of these four men to their God, however. It is on God's faithfulness to them. Where do we see God's faithfulness to Daniel? Daniel chapter 1, verse 9. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. In the book of Daniel and in chapter 1, there are three God-gave episodes. First episode is found in verse 2. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. The second episode is seen here in verse 9. The third episode is found in verse 17. As for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. See, the two words God gave is powerful because it tells of God's sovereignty in action. In this situation where Daniel and his friends said they're not going to take the king's food, they'll have no idea what the outcome would be. And this is this moment that God divinely intervened. God's divine intervention could be seen from verses 10 to 16. The unfolding of a series of events to testify, God is indeed faithful to his people. The chief of Unat did not accept Daniel's request. Uh, earlier on uh, during our pre-service, you know, Pastor Jeremy was sharing with us that he was sharing this story with a group of uh, people. And then, you know, because he's the chief of unit, right? So the question is, what would happen to Daniel if, you know, the chief said no? The outcome? Daniel will become another unit, law. Of course, it's not, right? Well, the idea is that though he didn't agree, he didn't outright refuse. God gave Daniel favor and compassion. Now, Daniel turned now to the steward who was assigned to take care of all of them. And instead of demanding and insisting, Daniel exercised wisdom. He came up with a proposal, which we find in verse 13. Test your servants for 10 days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. And the outcome? The steward said, let's go for it. God gave Daniel favor and compassion. Then you might be wondering, Daniel is so confident. Is it because he knew the outcome? Did God say anything to him? The scripture is silent. But I choose to see that Daniel must have trusted in God, in this God who has proven himself to be faithful. When faced with challenging times, we look back at God's track record. We look back at God's track record of his character, who God is. That it could be God extending His steadfast, unchanging love to us. It could be that God showed us His grace and His faithfulness towards us. When faced with challenging times, we look back at God's character, His track record of who He is. For Daniel, it is God showing His faithfulness to him through the favour he received. The story continues. Ten days passed. To everybody's surprise, this young man looked even better and fatter. And we believe that this fatter is not that they put on like 80 kg kind of thing. They actually apparently look fitter. So much so that their vegetarian diet continued on, which we'll read in verses 15 to 16. Now, who would have guessed the wonders that plain vegetables and diet and, and water could do. It can only be because God gave Daniel favor and compassion. But one thing to note is this favor that God gave is not the kind of favor we give to one another, out of kindness, I do you a favor, kind. No. This favor that we see in verse 9 is Hazard. Hazard here points to God's covenant faithfulness. Hazard also refers to God's steadfast covenant love. In other words, at this moment, God gave Daniel his hazard. It is that definite thing for sure because it reflects God's covenant faithfulness. It reflects God's covenant love to his people. You know, I just make you bear with a singing that I'm going to give to you, if you don't mind. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. You know, when you wake up, how often can we sing this song? But I tell you, there is a group of people who would sing this if that song was being written then every morning for 70 years. Because the significance, the background to this song that we've been singing is taken from Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21 to 23. And this is declared by the people of God who were in exile for 70 years. And this is what they say. That, but this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Seventy years of exile, every morning when the people of God wake up, God met them. God met them with His steadfast love that never ceases. It is new Every morning. God met them with His mercies that never come to an end. They are new every morning. This is the God who is definitely faithful to all of us. No wonder they are able to declare, Great is your faithfulness. Because they believe in their God who has indeed proven to be faithful time and again, even though they had not been. Faithful. What does that mean for us? Perhaps every morning when you wake up, you struggle to sing that song because you're struggling. Difficulties, challenges, anxieties, discouragement, the unknown, or trying to look for the good in the situations that you are in, in your work or at home. Today, could we be able to wake up in the morning and sing the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord, great is thy faithfulness. God is definitely faithful to us. We can be faithful to God because God is faithful to us. You know, it is no coincidence that today we heard the announcement about breakthrough weekends and we saw the video. For me, there's this word that we call, right, if you go for more than two or three times, and many, many times, I've stopped indicating how many times I went through Breakthrough Weekend. We call it the Breakthrough Weekend junkies. Um, But back in 2006, 2006, um, in that Women's Breakthrough Weekend, God challenged me with a verse taken from John chapter 21, verse 23. And if you allow me to share this part of my journey uh, as I bring this uh, sermon to close. So back in 2006, the Lord challenged me with this verse, John 21 verse 22 where it says what is that to you? You follow me. See, before I joined full time, I was actually a primary school teacher and I've been in the teaching service for 16 years. So I look very young, but actually not very young. Young. Wow, (laughs) young, yeah. You know, and, and that was also the year that I was yearmarked for vice principal position. And yet, it was also that same year that I knew and heard very clearly from God that it's not even taking no pay leave, you know, it's leaving the teaching service and join ETC, which is our current IDMCI program. And so I remembered, I actually went for my VP interview and was waiting for the results. And there was this great hustle in my heart, VP or ETC. Because you see, I'm almost there at my career ladder, just a little bit more. And any one of my friends would definitely persuade me to say, "Cat, come on, keep moving on, keep moving up. You're almost there. But at that time, God gave me John 21 verse 22. What is that to you? You follow me. So much so, I remember making a prayer to God. I said, hey, God, if VPC is not meant for me, you close the door tightly, can? The next day, I got my interview results. You want to guess? I didn't make it. You laughed. That's exactly my response. I was cheering. I failed my interview. How many of us cheer when you fail interview, you tell me? And my friends were like, what's wrong with you? You're not upset? You're not disappointed? No, because God gave me a very clear answer. I will not go against the flow. I'm going to go in the God direction because I knew he wanted me to come on board for ETC. So ETC, I came in 2007. But that was also the year where we had our Woodland Centre Church Building Fund Journey. And then Pastor Ed's words to the church then was, give till it hurts no more. How many of you heard that word? Okay, now I tell you, give till it hurts no more. And so I remembered at that time, I haven't given, but I already felt the pain. Why? Because God impressed upon my heart to give half of my savings to the building fund. I said, God, you've got to be kidding. No way. I'm already unemployed. You still want me to give half of my security to the building fund? That amount, maybe just a brick in the whole church building, is so okay. One, no need to give. But it is this moment where I heard God say to me, "Will you trust me? That I will provide." And then again, John twenty-one verse twenty-two, draw me back to anchor on Him. What is that to you? You follow me. Did I give? Better give. I did. But I must tell you, that was probably the most difficult cheque I've ever signed. Writing the amount is okay. But the moment you sign it, no turning back. Of course, I can tear the cheque. But but I decided that I want to obey. It was not an easy decision to make. Just as how it wasn't easy for me to decide whether it was a VP-ship or an ETC internship. But I could do it not because of my own strength, I could do it because God has said to me, will you trust me? And brothers and sisters, looking back, I can only testify one thing, God is indeed faithful. When I look back, His track record, He has proven to be faithful there was no lack. And I can only say it's all because God is faithful. Of course, there were times when I would say, if I only had the money I can buy, dot, 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 dot. God will anchor me back to John 21 verse 22. What is that to you? You follow me. I share this story with us, my friends. It's not because Wow, Pastor Cat is so gung ho, you know, quit and then give. No. It's about him. That perhaps also those of us we need to hear these words. What is that to you? You follow me. What is that to you? You follow me. That we may be ready to live our life against the flow that we may want to surrender to God what could be holding us back, to want to make the decision, to want to live faithfully to God. God is indeed faithful. Perhaps when you relook look at your track record, God's track record in our life, He had been faithful. And He will continue to be faithful. Just as He was so faithful to the people in exile for 70 years, He would likewise be faithful to all of us because God is faithful to us and there will be some more to this statement as I bring this to a close God is faithful to us to the end for his has said his covenant faithfulness is with us his covenant steadfast love is with us therefore can we therefore too be faithful to God to the end. Can I invite us to close our eyes in this time of response and for worship team to come? What is that to you? You follow me. Maybe some of us today are at this crossroad of needing to make a decision. To make a decision, and if you make that decision, it could mean challenges, it could mean difficulties, it could mean obstacles. But what is that to you? Follow me. Follow the God who is faithful. Follow the God who promises His covenant, love, and faithfulness. You are giving your level best to live life against the flow. You desire to be distinctive, You want to exercise Christian faithfulness. Today God said, I take delight. I take delight in what you have decided to do. Press on. And to know that God is definitely faithful to you. His steadfast love never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Great is the faithfulness of God. For those of us, if we tussle, tussle to make that choice, to want to go against the flow, tussle with the decision so that we may shine forth for Him. Today, would you hold fast to the promise of God that He is steadfast, He is faithful, and it is riding on that promise that you are able to say, yes God, I want to be decisively faithful to you Because I know that God You are definitely faithful to me I'm going to lead us in a prayer And if this prayer resonates in your heart At the end of it When we sing the song Faithful One You stand You stand to seal that commitment So this prayer goes like this Eternal God, my Heavenly Father I am weak But You are strong I want to live faithfully to you. You promised that you will be with me. And so I resolve that even if it means to go against the flow, even if it means for me to make difficult choices and decisions, I want to be found faithful to you. Because I know this unchanging truth that you are sovereignly in action even when I don't see it. I can trust fully in your definite faithfulness because you are the unchanging God. So today, into your sovereign hands, I commit every situation. Into your faithful hands, I commit myself. Help me to remain faithful to you because I know that you are faithful to me to the end. That is you and you have prayed that prayer would you just quietly stand as a way of saying, God, I'm going to pray this by faith, but I know that you will be with me. You will give me that strength. You will give me the courage. If you make that prayer, would you just quietly stand as a way to seal that commitment. Yes, God, I will keep looking to you. You, the faithful one. The choices that I'm going to make, the decisions that I'm going to make, God, help me to stand on this assurance that you are the faithful one, the one who is unchanging. You are my hope, the God that I can depend on. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. We're glad you had spent some time listening to God's word, and we hope that the message has ministered to you can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.